Everyone has their road to Damascus. Do you agree? For Paul, who was Saul, it came at a time when he least expected. At the pinnacle of his career, doing exactly what he had dreamt of in honor of his God. And religious beliefs. The religious spirit took over him. He exacted order. I couldn't accept grace. It had to be the law or nothing. Other Christians are living like Paul, who was Saul. When Saul was persecuting the Christians, he lived by the law. And he accepted nothing less. He hadn't forgiven himself. He found comfort in sticking to the rules. Oof, and even in the business world, we want to stick to the rules. The rebirth. It's not always successful. What would you do if someone else broke all the rules, ignored the rules altogether, and got even better results? Then you who's done everything by the book. Kind of unfair, right? We tend to think that playing by the book is acceptable way is the only way anyone else is a tyrant we should be thrown out the elder brother of the prodigal son played by the rules he needed affirmation so he wanted to get um Confirmed as legit heir, but he didn't push the boundaries. Him, he just stuck with it, you know. Sullen, upset with life, but doing it the correct way anyway. That's the trap, right? It's a trap of the treadmill. When you're jogging into no nowhere jogging on the spot to eternity upset about it you're not happy because you don't see the progress because you didn't ever exercise your right to be wrong you could try and be wrong but anyway Back to the ones who stick to the rules and exact the same from others. Because you gotta do everything the way they do it, the way they were taught how to do it, the way it was passed down generations, the way they see it fit. <sighs> because no one else can challenge the rules since they didn't challenge them themselves they did what they were told to do and so you too must do exactly what you're told to do and if you're not told you should know what you were supposed to be told wow god isn't like that it's relational He wants you to discover his heart and his rules come from his heart. You, however, follow the rules of a person you don't even know and call it religion. Wow.
because you don't know God, you cannot have a conversation with Him. He doesn't know you because you never spend time with Him. Oh my gosh! Yet He created you, and yet He will say to some of us, Depart from me, you wicked servant. I never knew you. Because you never spent time with him. You never listened to him. You never got to exchange numbers. You never went out on a date. Oh, you never called after the date. Well, so now it's a mess. You don't know each other. He don't know you. You don't know him. And you want so badly for him to rescue you out of poverty, out of misnomers, out of non-entity, out of nothingness, which you have created. Because if you spoke to him, you'd have a bit of peace and more purpose. And his words would ring in your ears and give you more stability and long life. With long life, he will satisfy me. I will praise you forever. Only you can satisfy. And you're looking for other things to satisfy your soul because you missed the integral peace, which is Him, God, love, God, come and find me, He says. So on your road to Damascus, what really matters is the instructions from Jesus Himself, not the Pharisees, not the culture, not your boss, not your elder brother, or your parents, not the world. It's the direct instruction from the mouth of Jesus himself, which comes, yes, from the word of God, but also from the relationship of spending time with Jesus. And you don't have to be forced to do it like Saul was, where he was in the up and down of his life in the hullabaloo, going about his business of executing innocent lives. Because he probably thought that was how he would get a promotion and, and get the, catch the eye of the people that he wanted to mingle with, you know, rub shoulders with. He seems like a pretty, pretty ambitious person to me. Like he had the stickability and the persistence and the resilience of an ambitious, forward-thinking and upwardly mobile person, right? And that's what we are. Or we're supposed to be in our careers. We should be extremely aggressive about what we're doing. But the thing is, did God ask you to do that? Or is that the dictate of your profession? Or is it about getting ahead? Is it about uh, making a statement or being able to name drop and say you've dealt with this and that in the other person and being in the right circles or getting admirers and, and numbers and votes. What is it really about? Is that the mission that God sent you on? Now, it's difficult sometimes to combine the career and the voice of God. But you have got to take the voice of God. So when people say one thing and God says another, you take what God says. Paul had it the hard way. He knew that it, the epitome of his image was to fight the believers because they were against his beliefs. Um, a bit of a, <laughs> uh, what is it called? Yeah, because you can actually end up doing the exact opposite of what God requires of you based on what you believe because you haven't spent time getting to know what God wants. 
And the oxymoron is your belief has nothing to do with what God says. Not just because you don't believe it doesn't mean it's not true. It could be true, but you don't believe it doesn't change the fact that it's true. So we need to understand God's heart. Jesus told Paul, he told Saul, you will not be called Saul because I have met with you and you're going to know the hardships of getting twin souls for me. The Gentiles are waiting for you and you will suffer persecution. The very man who was exacting persecution on others and putting the law on them, that was the same person who was going to undergo persecution himself for Jesus. And ladies and gentlemen, that is how we evolve. <laughs> because the very thing that you have believed for a long time, you could be the champion of a totally opposite belief system. A whole new way of doing things. And people will be like, hey, but I thought you're the guy who used to tell us to do things this way or the other way or this, you know, this over that. And you are now on this other side of the very same people that you were trying to get rid of. What changed your mind? Imagine the level of courage it takes to say scrap all that. Yeah, I know I went to the school of Gamaliel and I know I'm a Pharisee and I'm of Jewish descent and I'm a Roman citizen, but I do not side with what they would have agreed to. I go with this other unknown people, vulnerable group that doesn't even have a legal status, persecuted by the government, is constantly being harassed by the Jews, the very culture that they have come from, their own people, and I stand with them. Regardless of what my outer appeal or image looks like, or even suggests, I stand with the minority. And you may be faced with a challenge like that, when God calls you up to step up to his purposes, they could be totally opposite of every fiber of your being. But you saw the Lord, right? You had an encounter with him. You had to have that conversation when he presented himself. But if he doesn't, will you seek him? Will you seek his will? Will you seek to know his heart beat? What does his heart beat for? So that you can run with it. So that you can do it regardless of how it portrays you. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. You, we know you're educated and you know we, we, you're into Ivy League and all these things just don't look very cool on you. But that's what Jesus expects you to do. So what you going to do now? The level of obedience I believe that Paul had. Uh, was at a high level of resilience and discipline because he suffered a lot, but yet he had heard the voice of God. There was no way, knowing the power and the, you know what? He could have chosen the other way, to be honest. He could have chosen to say, you know what, this is too hard for me. But it makes a huge difference that he had heard God, that he saw Jesus himself, that 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 encounter on that road to Damascus that even his horse or donkey whatever it was recognized reminds you of Balak right when his donkey saw the angel sometimes even creation and animals recognize God better than we do but but we're so stuck with our mentality with our mindsets you know that even if he was standing right in front of you like that angel, you didn't recognize him. That angel who stood in the way of the donkey and Balak. But you want to see God. You really would want to have a conversation with Jesus. So why don't you ask him, here's the deal, why don't you ask him to reveal 
himself to you so that you can stop living by the dictates of the Pharisees because Pharisees are very bossy and dominant, you know. They think you ought to be thinking like them so they can put you right under their finger. They can keep pushing, pushing your buttons because they know what they're using to control you. <laughs> but once you don't believe in what they believe in, it's like, what? No, how can we control this one anymore? So you got to stand up for what God is asking you to stand up for. you got to be on Jesus' league, his team, and he must be your champion. As Dante Bo sang, you are my champion. It is him who's your champion, not your belief, not your mindset, not where you went to school, not what they taught you, not what your mentor thinks. Not your heritage, not your father, not your mother. Bye-bye for now. And this is what Paul had to say in Second Corinthians 4, 8-10. In the NIV, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. To tell you the level of sacrifice and pouring out that this man had to do. I'm going to look at a different version. Let's see the NLT. That says just within those same chapters. Okay, did I lose the chapter? Second Corinthians, right? So we're just looking at Paul's life because... He had amazing stay power, like stay power. And that's what matters. What matters is the end, not the road there, not the in-betweens. It's the end. At what scene do we say the end of life? What, what is going on when they say, when they close? <laughs> When they cover you with that sheet and say bye-bye, what are you doing? What will be your last thought? So on NLT, on the same Second Corinthians 4, 8-9, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. This is the thing, the commander's intent as my previous supervisor told me, it's about what does Jesus want, period. It doesn't matter what it will cost you because the end result, the reward far outweighs the cost. In any case, just like Hebrews says, you've not reached the point whereby you're sweating blood because you're trying to avoid a temptation. Yeah? So, Paul said it himself, that he was poured out like a drink offering. And that is in 2 Timothy 4, verse 6, it says, um, as he speaks to Timothy, and he says these words, he said, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. As for me, NLT says, my life has already been poured out oof, as an offering to God. Oh, I feel that my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering, not to the government, not to your boss, not to corporates, not to your family, to God. Oh, as a drink offering to God, the time of my death is near. So are we living out as a sacrifice to God? It says in Romans, you guessed it, chapter 12, verse 1, that we should do what? As a living sacrifice, we must be. We do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your word. Then you will be able to test and approve God's will. But before then, 
that is in uh, verse 1 of chapter 12 of Romans it says um sorry just a minute so here's what I want you to do that's MSG take your everyday ordinary life you're sleeping eating going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering it's that simple embracing what God does for you is best thing you can do for him then it goes on to say in verse 2 do not become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking instead fix your attention on God you'll be changed from the inside out readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to his level of immaturity god brings the best out of you develops well-formed maturity in you bye 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 for now remember we're living out as an offering to god so the important thing once you've discovered god and had an encounter with him pray for an encounter i i prayed for an encounter about a year ago and i can confidently say i got my encounters many of them but you gotta believe what you saw or what you heard because it's the other thing you can hear god jesus can speak to you but it's like the doubt in your head isn't allowing you to to enjoy the full benefit of that encounter. You could see a vision. It could be a dream. You could be having conversations with God in the sleep. But you know your spirit man is awake. Even when your body is asleep. So, so you did actually have an encounter. And even people have seen Jesus in the physical. Like come into the room. But their eyes had uh, been activated to see God to be able to perceive him in the spiritual but people have actually said this so god jesus come into the room and and have conversations with them okay so it, you gotta believe that it's him and it's not some illusion sometimes it can be an illusion because yes we need to be careful because when the devil himself can appear as an angel of light um but when you get your conviction expect that you want to see him but also if you're convinced let it be a pure conviction let nobody put in doubts seeds so seeds of of doubt because when we share some of these things people are like nah i don't think you know i don't think that that was what you think it is i think blah blah, blah. but when you're convicted do stick to it hold on to it hold to your belief that you had an encounter with god because that conviction for Jesus to convince Saul, um, he had to say something. He had to give a sign. And that sign was, you're going to be blind for three days. That's what he said, and that's what happened, right? So sometimes, even God himself knows that we have a fickle nature. And because we need more affirmation, he'll give you signs. He'll back it up with something to show you that you did indeed encounter him okay so there will be a sign so expect to encounter god when you ask for him to come your way and to reveal himself which is really what the road to damascus and that's um amazing experience that paul had in acts 9 it's really about encountering jesus and it's also about commissioning, your commissioning. Because Paul could have been quote-unquote termed as a believer, but he really didn't know Jesus. That's the problem. Um, a nominal Christianity or Christianity of hearsay. I hear that God heals. I hear that God. No, he wants to save you completely, so deeply, so truly and, and entirely, so that there is left not even one single hair's breadth worth of room for you to doubt him and what he's doing 
in your life. So now the thing is, will you believe? Because you've got to choose to believe, right? Then now number two, the other thing would be that after you've asked for it, you got your encounter, you know Jesus is real, he will ask you to do something. Half the time, it's not going to be just a passing by sort of um, thing with him. He wants you to actually have stuff that you do for him or he does for you. So do you accept to be used by God, right? Do you accept to be used by him in a way that you will never, ever, ever, ever again feel like, I don't know this person and I cannot work for him or cannot do things for him because I'm not sure he's really, really there for me. But yeah, he is really, really going to be there with you. Paul said he had been through it all. He'd been shipwrecked. He'd been whipped. He'd been to jail over and over again. And yet his flame, his fire did not die out completely. His fire kept, he kept going. He kept going because he understood this was the very essence of him being created. This was the very reason why he existed in the first place. And that Jesus Christ was real. And every time when you read, you will see in the book of Acts once in a while, he'd have angelic encounters. He'd have confirmation from God. He'd have all this um, presence of you know and even even the, the circumstances would change to reveal that God was with him like when they were praying and singing with with Silas and then guess what there was an earthquake and they could have left but God's plan was for the family of the centurions to get to know God as well and be baptized and be saved so um when you do get your your commissioning always know that God is with you. The reason why it seems he's far away from you is because you're doubting and your, your, your faith is starting to waver. But God is always with us through it all, through the ups and downs, through through it all. you got to be persistent. Paul was persistent. He kept it going. And that was, this is what I want to um, theme this or title this audio, this particular one. He kept Keep it moving. He kept it moving. Like he wasn't phased by the fact that he's in front of uh, a governor or um, a Roman, um, you know, officer or even the highest ranking officials in Rome. He honestly wasn't phased by that because he knew that's where it comes from. That verse, greater is he that lives in you than he that is in the world. But a lot of Christians get to face high-ranking officials, powerful men and women, royalty, and the, and it's like Jesus goes out the door and it's like, okay, I got to check in my citizenship. I need to check in my... And all that is fine. But the main reason why you have this opportunity in front of this influential person is because of Jesus who is in you. That means something has got to give. Something needs to be different about you and you are going to successfully speak to these people regardless of what rank and file and you are going to be useful to God in that scenario in that in the presence of this and that's why God really isn't about showing off or trying to make a statement I and mean, Jesus has nothing to prove nothing to lose nothing to hide He's just him. His power is so within him that he doesn't need to prove you, to prove anything to you, prove you right or prove you wrong. When you come to him, he is light. You will automatically know what's right and what's wrong. Automatically, just by being in his presence. He's not about arguing any case. You just come to him and you have these discussions and you, you know that you know that you know what he requires from you because of his nature once you know the person you know what they would approve of you know what they would do but you gotta know them first so before we even start talking about what would jesus do it's do you know jesus first
so you didn't be able to know like your parent if you if you know your parent they raised you you know even when they're dead you live according to what they would approve sometimes it's true it's not the right thing but somehow you know they would disapprove you know you know um even if it's it's the right thing but they wouldn't be happy you know that they wouldn't be happy and if it's the wrong thing you know that they wouldn't be happy uh, you know and you cannot know even when they're long gone what they were preparing you for and that's Jesus as well through his death through the things he went through on earth he was preparing you for the same kinds of trials and the same kinds of persecution that's why he says carry your cross it's not going to be easy but he says carry your cross and follow me but at least you have somebody to follow so if it's follow me then you follow god right you follow jesus you follow his voice but if you don't follow him then you're on your own you're stranded you left at a place where he cannot find you because you know what you you didn't quite seek to follow him unfortunately then you're left at a loss you're left at a loss so now let's be careful who we're following because for jesus his yoke is easy and his burden is light his yoke is easy and his burden is light so when we're doing other things following other people they're not going to lighten your burden to be honest um when you follow your own heart you have no way of lightening your own burden but his his yoke is easy in other words there is a yoke to carry but he makes it there is a yoke to drag but because you're working with him you've paired up with him um as an ox or a mule back in the day you wouldn't even today actually you wouldn't be alone in this so keep it moving keep going that's what i think was paul's mantra keep it moving keep i mean at some point he he suddenly wanted to keep it moving and to keep going that an angel somebody in the dream no an angel had to be sent to tell him no don't go to uh, such and such a place right don't go to asia there was asia minor don't go there because that wasn't god's will so he had to be restrained and sometimes we have to be restrained because there's zeal for conquering new territory for god and it's so exciting and don't get me wrong this is not just about preaching it's not just about um you know leading worship and being a deacon in church it's everywhere it's even in the business world god can drop in your spirit a solution a tech issue a healthcare issue um even educational issue even dressing attire anything cars better ways of moving better ways of living and you would be in the industry positioned for that solution but you got to be bold enough to take up the cross because even if your idea isn't taken up initially the uptake might be slow you could even encounter a whole lot of opposition outright persecution where you know it's just not fair and it's unfound um you know accusations or unfound basis for just stopping the whole project bring it to a halt altogether you know what if jesus told you and led you to do it then you do it a lot of people have been involved in what i believe were god centered um projects and championing god centered causes like abolishing of slavery and these were not necessarily christians but some people were praying for them some people were praying for slavery to be abolished and they were right in the center in the middle of history making history but they were so positioned for it because they were in power they were decision makers they were the influential parties at that particular time making decisions as to whether this would sail or not 
so the decisions when they're brought to you you would be used by god but you could also be the initiator of a decision or a new way of doing things a new course a new pathway charting a whole new path for something and yet to require decision makers to be able to assent to it or consent now you are going to face opposition that is a fact like people are not are not ready sometimes for the level of fight it takes to have god's will be done on earth his, as it is in heaven his kingdom come there are layers and layers and levels and levels of opposition and just when you think you're done with one a whole other um uprising presents itself another upsurge or surge of you know waters of opposition you know there's a whole deluge um of backbiting and backstabbing and backtalking there will be a pushback and sometimes very consistently and over time now god may say relax for now but most of the time you got to keep going you got to keep going and paul when he was writing he was in prison he wasn't writing from a comfortable um seaside villa with servants providing him you know offering him grapes and wine it was a prison he was actually under what they call house arrest um in rome and those letters were actually downloads that he got from moments of persecution deep 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 revelations that even sometimes he said i got no words i don't know how to tell you this and 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 i mean ah, may god reveal to you no at some point he says i pray that you will discover the power of jesus in you um that you may know the power of his resurrection what he has put in you his wisdom his knowledge his understanding the 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 treasures of eternal life of the kingdom of god that you may understand how deep how wide how you know how high the love of god cuz he at some point is like i can't explain this guys <laughs> i don't know what else to tell you <laughs> and um and such is the revelation of god sometimes you don't know how to put it it's like you know what it's it's <laughs> it is what it is so um as complicated as it is and life does get complicated but there is always something beautiful that comes from it there is always something extremely extremely beautiful that comes from it and the beauty what we when enjoy now in the paulins as they call it the books of uh, that were written by paul what we enjoy now is actually the squeezing out the squeezing out of the anointing of Paul and that was under the, the wine press of persecution those trials those hardships those challenges are what led to the beautiful writing that even when you read it 99 times then the 100th time you still pick something new you still pick out a new revelation from you know the books galatians ephesians um thessalonians romans and and you need to understand that such is the calling of jesus upon your life the the beauty of it is that once the grapes are ripe right the vine has been planted by god the vineyard belongs to God. I believe even Jesus said it. We are a planting of God, his chosen ones, part of his vineyard. And he's the branch. Is it? So if you don't stick to the branch, you don't get fulfilled. 
you don't get the nourishment you need so basically you will die right so for your little grape bunch um to get nutrition and to grow to even be formed it needs the nourishment of the life of god flowing through you the life of jesus living in you through the power of the holy spirit and then as you grow and mature as a, a person you have fruit and the fruit should be able to be edible and people don't want to bite into your fruit and spew you out because you're bitter so god is the one that allows the right levels of nutrition and of nutrients and and water whatever you need basically to get into you that gives you fruit that is sweet ripe ready for consumption and what we put out there in the marketplace in our families in our pursuits in life is really fruit what you're selling as an individual what you're associated with your value is from fruit and that fruit is edible consumable useful for making wine and making juice and making um uh, marmalade and jam and whatever else that grapes make it's useful because you have had the test of time you have matured through hardship just what paul said crash and not abandoned they grew still yet they prospered think of the israelites in egypt the more they were persecuted the more they multiplied because you have stood the test of time jesus himself many times they wanted to kill him he still taught there's never a time where jesus said you know what god <laughs> thank you for sending me but um now that they tried to throw me over the cliff yesterday it's a rap no he went back to hill he went back even after he told people not to tell on him they still went and rejoicing they had to i mean they had to, they said they said who healed him and he was like don't tell anybody okay but they go out and they still proclaim who healed them who you know and he would still do the very same thing that the pharisees were mad at him doing because they challenged he challenged their authority it challenged their power it challenged their legitimacy it challenged their authority so anyway when you have to do what you got to do you grow muscle you keep it moving and grow muscle from keeping it moving that's how you attain higher levels of usefulness by keeping it going by keeping it moving stick to the business don't quit basically keep it going keep it moving do what you got to do keep reading your devotions stick with the prayer stick with the ministry stick with it and out of that muscle that you gain you're able to lift some weight and some of the weight is going to be so heavy your muscle alone is not enough you'll need other people you need silasis you need john mark you will need timothy you'll need others to help you move along with the mission that god has put in your heart but realize that for you to become useful and for you to have lasting impression on this planet the legacy that everybody is looking for it's after the trial it's after the waiting it's after the endurance it's after the pain it's after you have been tested and tried that's when you get poured out as a drink offering because you need to be drinkable in the first place <laughs> you know you can't offer to god something that is not pure that is not sweet that is not valuable so then when you have something to offer then you can pour it out to god and say you know what i have this in my hands i've given my life i've given everything good in my life um i've stood the trial and you have formed me and you have made me this great vessel 
this useful vessel and I'm using I'm using what you gave me to give it back to you an end product that is that is magnificent that is beautiful that is powerful that is valuable and that is the Paulines the books in the Bible that were written by Paul are the evidence of his outpouring of his life otherwise we wouldn't know to be honest we wouldn't know the guy ever existed and the man was persecuted but he wrote about it and he wrote about it in context to the work of God not for a pity party not for you to feel sorry for him but for you to realize if he could do that that had to be God if he did it through Jesus through God so can I so we lie we lie so we lie obey him so we lie obey God truth he can theme so will I conquer my devils my demons so will I help others get to know God and um, that is legacy really um, legacy is that people know you in heaven that you make it to heaven but that you have family imagine that people actually come up to you in eternity and tell of the impact that you made on their lives remember the story of the rich man and and Lazarus even in heaven it was like the deeds what he had done followed him to hell and he still had his negative vibe still speaking against him even when he was receiving punishment you don't want that but also when you think about it that means in heaven the good deeds the things that you took a bullet for the people you took a bullet for they will still congratulate you the same way that even in hell condemnation continues in heaven the congratulations continue the well done good and faithful servant is not a one time well done it is a continual thanksgiving a continual um like feast like a continual celebration you don't quite ever exhaust all your reward the reward is continuous it is never ending so you need to understand that it never runs out whatever you have to go through the fruit will continue the fruit will continue the juice will continue to flow it's like a vat that never runs out of oil actually that's it like the widow she never ran out of oil she never ran out of flour so your legacy is never ending when you stick to it stick to the business keep at it keep it moving do what you got to do never stop and don't quit bye bye for now god bless you that it's finished and oh my story is written and oh i overcame hallelujah i overcame hallelujah hallelujah he's alive Hallelujah, Jesus lives. Hallelujah, he's alive. Hallelujah, Jesus lives in me. He said it's finished and oh, my story's written and oh, it's sad is finished and oh, 
is written and all I overcame. Hallelujah, I overcame. Hallelujah, I overcame. Hallelujah, I overcame. Hallelujah, he's alive. Jesus lives. Hallelujah, he's alive. Hallelujah, he's alive in me. He said it's finished and no. Jesus lives. 